Hello and welcome to Carson Sack Podcast, episode number two. We're back, we're better, and this, this is the place where we talk balls. Hope all y'all out there had a great Labor Day weekend. I know I did. College football all weekend did us real good. Had a lot of good games. Had a lot of disappointing games as well that were billed as big games, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on. This episode is going to be a little bit shorter than the first one. Uh, just going to give a little bit of a recap of the college football weekend that was um, who impressed, who didn't, what teams are looking good for the year, some upsets that occurred, some games that are a little bit closer than they should have been, and I give you my uh, way-too-early college football playoff predictions. And then we're going to look ahead to Thursday night, the first game of the NFL season between the Broncos and the Panthers. But first, let's dive on into that college football. So I hate to get the podcast off on a bit of a negative note, but... But we're going to start off with some disappointments from week one in college football. First one that comes to my mind automatically, Tennessee Volunteers. They were a 20-point favorite at home against Appalachia State, who, yes, did have a bit of a history of beating teams like that for uh, in their opening games. But Tennessee just never really got in a rhythm the entire game. Josh Dobbs was kind of forcing passes, not really getting in the groove of the offense, and it showed. And uh, they had a tough time, pulled one out in overtime, but uh, if Tennessee thinks they're going to be a viable option to win the SEC East and ultimately the SEC, they're not going to be able to play like they did. Um, they got a real young offensive line that I think as the season progresses, it'll come together and they'll gel, but if any SEC team goes back and looks at this tape, it's pretty obvious what Tennessee struggles with, and if they can just repeat better than what Appalachia State did, which, I mean, any SEC team would be able to. They have better athletes than Appalachia State. Um, Tennessee's going to be in some trouble. So they're my first disappointment of the week. My second disappointment of the week, um, probably not a big shocker, but the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, they fell 33-23 to Houston, a top 15 team in Houston. So not really a terrible loss, but with all the hype and all the expectations and the players coming back like Baker Mayfield, who uh, finished fourth last year in the Heisman, um, you just expect a little bit better from them. Um, Houston was able to exploit their speed on the outsides and the quarterback's mobility with Greg Ward Jr., um, but I'll get to them a little bit later. But as I said, Oklahoma, just really my second biggest disappointment. I don't think this loss is really going to hurt their chances all that well because I don't think Houston's really going to end up losing maybe a game, maybe if a game at all. So Oklahoma, my disappointment this week. But they didn't play terrible, but there is room for improvement. My third biggest letdown, and uh, probably the one I guess I'm going to take most personal, was uh, UCLA and Josh Rosen uh, taking one on the chin down at uh, Texas A&M, 31-24. UCLA, top 16, ranked 16th in the country. Um, I was really expecting a lot more from UCLA, and especially Josh Rosen. Um, He had a good day, but couldn't really make the plays at the end of the game that great quarterbacks really make to help their teams win. Uh, I was watching the game and the announcers pretty much compared his uh, mobility to uh, a little bit worse than Tom Brady's and Peyton Manning's. And if you know football at all, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady aren't uh, real nimble. So I think UCLA, they're in the Pac-12. It's going to be a hard conference. Pac-12 doesn't really get that much respect either when it comes to the college football playoffs. So UCLA is kind of facing an uphill battle now. Um, This really helps Texas A&M. Um, they had a lot of questions coming into the year. Connor Knight played fantastic for them at quarterback. Um, 
Kevin Solomon really doing well. Clearly, um, his system works if he can get it in place and he gets his players to believe in it. So, again, UCLA, a third disappointment for the opening weekend. My fourth disappointing team of the week, I'm going to have to sadly say the Bayou Bengals, LSU, taking the loss up in Wisconsin, 16-14. LSU coming to this top five in the nation, ranked fifth. Um, weren't really able to get the running game going. Fournette had 146 yards, which is good numbers, great numbers by most people's standards, but we've uh, been spoiled by him last season, so we're accustomed to seeing the 180s, 200s, 220-yard stat lines for him. So um, LSU pretty much struggled not being able to get into a rhythm on offense just because of pretty much lack of quarterback play. LSU um, is probably going to struggle with this all year. If Fournette's not getting, like I said, 220 and like three touchdowns, they're going to have a hard time putting points on the board. Um, Pretty defensive battle. Um, LSU's defense, really good, always really good under Les Miles. I was pretty impressed with them, Uh, even more impressed with Wisconsin's defense. Um, Didn't really know a lot about Wisconsin coming into the game or the year, but Wisconsin's going to be a big big threat, kind of under the radar, a little bit in the Big Ten to win it. So, as I said, Wisconsin beating LSU, making LSU my fourth-ranked disappointment of the first week. Now, switching up gears a little bit, these teams didn't really disappoint me, but I was expecting a little bit more. But uh, I'll just attribute these kind of close games to being the first week and everything and kind of having to replace a good amount of starters and whatnot. Michigan State, uh, at Michigan State, 12th in the nation, only beaten uh, Furman by 15 points. And then Florida, they had uh, UMass, and they only won 24-7. Both teams... In the respective conferences, Michigan State and the Big Ten uh, kind of looked at the third best team. Didn't really show it. If that's the if that's the uh, effort and the performances they're going to be bringing on Saturdays come Big Ten play, uh, not really going to be in the mix at all. And same with Florida, uh, always right there in the SEC East. Um, won it last year, but. If you get into the thick of things in the SEC and that's what you're putting out on the field, you're going to have a rough time. So they didn't disappoint, but they didn't live up to the hype either. So uh, Michigan State and Florida, get your shit together. All right, now that we got all that negativity stuff out, let's get some good vibes in here. Let's talk about some teams that impressed me this first week. First off, I'm going to just get it right out. Houston, Greg Ward Jr., played incredible at quarterback for Houston. Tom Herman has been an underdog four times uh, in his time at Houston, and each time he's been an underdog, he's won. Houston's got athletes that are pretty fast, and once you get them on the perimeters, they can run with pretty much anybody and run right by people. They got a big team as well. Houston really did impress me a lot. I only got to see last year about two of their games, so this was about my third time watching them, and it was very impressive to see what good coaching and athletes that buy into a system can do. And uh, Houston, the AAC, somebody I'm really going to be looking forward to watching. Uh, They can put up a lot of points. They're a fun team to watch. So they're my first team that I really thought uh, impressed the people this weekend. My next impressive team, I hate to say this, Alabama, 
Uh, Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Uh, little Derrick Henry pretty much at quarterback, minus about 40 pounds. But same hairdo, same number, same everything like that. Um, had no idea, really. I don't think Saban knew either, so I sure didn't know who was going to really be the starting quarterback in the spring, in the summer, and then kind of in camp. I think he kind of learned a little bit. But uh, Jalen Hurts, really good quarterback. Um, every year, Saban just seems to find somebody that he can plug in and run real well. Um, Lane Kiffin calls a hell of a game as offensive coordinator. I don't think he gets enough credit. I think he does get credit, but near, not nearly as much as he does. Um, Damian Harris, a uh, kid from Kentucky, uh, had nine carries, been at over 100 yards. Bo Scarborough looking like a big physical power back, and the defense always good at Alabama. So, again, I hate to say it, uh, they really impressed with that 52-6 to victory over top 20 USC. USC didn't know really what way was up about halfway through the game. And then you, USC just kept getting clobbered by Alabama. So, as I said, Alabama, my second most impressive team of the week. This third uh, team that really impressed me was Texas. Uh, as I said for UCLA, that was a little personal because I was high on them. This is a little personal for me on a good note. Uh, I was born in Houston, Texas, moved to Louisville, Kentucky when I was six. So I grew up for the first six years of my life a uh, Texas fan. So back then they were pretty much always prominent, always good, yada, yada, yada. But fell off past couple years and uh, really showed with the 50-47 victory over top 10 Notre Dame this uh, year that maybe they could start turning things around. It's third year under Charlie Strong, and uh, I was really impressed with the just energy Texas always played with. Um, I really think the crowd really helped them on that, so it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens when this Texas team goes on the road, has a tough game, is maybe down uh, in a raucous environment, but uh, I think any team that goes into Texas is going to have a real tough time because the energy in that stadium was electric. Um, also really impressed by uh, Charlie Strong's handling of the quarterbacks. Um, you had a true freshman who started, and then uh, you had Tyrone Swoops, the uh, senior, who was called upon late in overtime to make two really big plays and uh, ended up scoring the game when he touched down. Um, Texas, again in the Big 12, starting to turn things around a little bit, it seems like, for the program. Don't know uh, if they're going to be able to uh, win the conference this year or anything like that, but they're definitely trending upward, and so uh, happy to see that for the Longhorns. So, like I said, they're the third most impressive team to me this opening weekend. So the last team that I thought pretty much impressed a lot the first opening weekend, the game just wrapped up last night, Florida State, um, beaten Ole Miss, battle of the top 15s, 45-34. Um, Florida State came out. It was a bit of a clunky first half for them. Um, true freshman DeAndre Francois, only the uh, second true freshman starting quarterback under Jimbo Fisher. Um, we know how the first one turned out. Jameis Winston, he was all right. Um, but Francois kind of reminds me a little bit of Winston. Um, they're both pretty big quarterbacks for being freshmen and whatnot, pretty athletic. Um, they don't rely too much on the run, even though they can be mobile, and they got real big, strong arms. Um, 
Some people can look at this game and say Ole Miss lost it more than Florida State won it, and uh, I don't find that true at all. I think Florida State really came out in the second half after Jimbo got a hold of him in the locker room and made the right adjustments. Um, as I said, Ole Miss was playing real well, and uh, then in the second half, the quarterback Kelly was just falling apart, making mistakes left and right, and uh, Dalvin Cook had a really good game as well. Uh, Florida State, really impressive. They showed uh, when things get tough, they're going to be able to stay cool, stay calm, and uh, come out on top most of the time. So they're my last team that really impressed me this opening weekend. So I'm going to move on a little bit, um, talk about two teams from the Big Ten now. Uh, these teams didn't really impress me just because of who they played. Um, they played Bowling Green and Hawaii, so I think you know who I'm talking about now. I'm talking about Michigan and Hawaii and uh, Ohio State. Like I said, these teams didn't really impress me, but their scores really probably caught some people's eyes if you're just looking at the bottom of the screen. Uh, Ohio State beat Bowling Green 77-10, to and Michigan beat Hawaii 63-3. to uh, Michigan, under the second year, under Harbaugh, uh, really, I think they found their quarterback. Uh, Jabril Peppers had a really good game. He had a lot of hype coming into the, into the season. Um, I think he showed he could live up to it. And uh, Ohio State, JT Barrett having seven touchdowns in the game, getting pulled midway through the third quarter, could have had more. Um, Ohio State got to play a ton of true freshmen. Um, these teams didn't impress me, but the scores are really going to catch your eye, I guess, if you're just looking. So they're on a collision course for each other at the end of the year. But uh, like I said, two teams that didn't really impress me, but the scores caught my eye. So with all that being said, um, I think we're going to switch gears now, talk a little bit about some hometown teams, some uh, teams from the Bluegrass. Um, Louisville helped kick off the college football season on Thursday, and uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, wow, what else could you say? Just wow. Eight total touchdowns that he was responsible for in the first half. The first half. Some teams didn't even have eight total touchdowns. By their whole team. This guy had 8 in the first half. Probably could have had 10, 12, 14, 16. I don't know. Use your imagination, I guess, if you would have been able to play the entire game. But uh, Bobby P pulled him. Granted, they did play Charlotte, but still very impressive. Um, Jamari Staples, their wide receiver, I was very impressed with him as well. Um, they got a real deep receiving core as well there. But uh, Jamari Staples really stood out to me. And their defense under Todd Grantham is relentless um it i hate to say all these compliments to uofl but they looked really good to me uh next next team from the bluegrass gonna talk about the very disappointing uh kentucky wildcats uk playing southern miss not a real difficult game but a game that could have posed some challenges and they did pretty badly for uh the wildcats um the Cats lost 44 to 35, and uh, it was 35 10 um, at halftime. UK was uh, riding real high. They run the ball real well, um, doing everything they really wanted to do on offense. Uh, Drew Barker um, wasn't making a lot of mistakes, was playing really well. One thing I did know from Barker that I liked in the first half and then came to hate in the second half when Kentucky needed some big plays. Um, when he was getting pressured and going to get sacked or tackled or something, he would always try and kind of throw the ball up or make a throwing motion and whatnot. And that's just not something I want to see my quarterback do. Um, if you're going to throw the ball, 
Throw it away. Get it out of bounds. Uh, I don't want anybody having an opportunity to intercept it. Um, and if you're not going to be able to do that, just tuck it. Protect it and get the sack and just regroup for the next play. Um, it's kind of the tale of the last two seasons in this game pretty much summarized. Um, UK coming out strong and then just losing it in the second half. That's what happened in the last two seasons and that's what happened in this game. And uh, Stoops' mantra has been finished, I think, the last two years. And I think it was his mantra this year too. And uh, nobody, I guess, on the team is paying attention to it. Um, I hate to say that. But at some point, it's not just the player's fault. Um, Stoops, after games like this, always seems to be like, it's my fault, it's my fault. Well, there's only so many times I can say, okay, it's your fault. Um, How many more times am I going to let this happen if I'm UK's athletic director? Um, With that being said, uh, Stoops is a great recruiter. He's great for this program, I think. He brings a lot of energy to the fans and uh, brings a lot of buzz to UK football, which we all know is pretty hard to do because UK fans pretty much basketball year-round. But I think if things like this continue, UK doesn't make a bowl. I think at the end of the year, Stoops is going to have to uh, maybe be reevaluated. But, I mean, all UK has to do is win out, and, I mean, they'll be right there. I mean, all they got to do is win at Alabama. That's not even that hard. And so, as promised, we're going to move on to my way too early week one college football playoff predictions. My first team is going to have to be Alabama. All they did was beat down a top 20 team and then reestablish and answer any questions they had uh, to the doubters and any people that were wondering if they'd be able to duplicate the success Saban's had in the past. Uh, The answer is an affirmative yes. My uh, second team in is going to be Florida State. Florida State beat uh, Ole Miss this weekend in a top 15 matchup. Uh, They showed a lot of grit coming back in the second half and uh, really showed that when things get down, Jimbo Fisher is uh, really going to be able to lead them to a lot of victories and a tough ACC this year. My third team is going to have to be the Clemson Tigers. Uh, Coming into the season, number two, kind of struggled at Auburn. Um, but the keywords there at Auburn, Sean Watson's only going to get better as the year goes on. Um, their defense didn't struggle because they only gave up 13 points, but that's a young defense, so that's a little bit a little bit to look out for for them. But again, right now I got him in my playoff, and then the fourth, um, you might be saying Carson, way too early. What are you doing? You're crazy. Uh, they only play one team. I got to give it to Houston. Uh, as I said, they beat Oklahoma this weekend and uh, looked pretty impressive doing it. Um, Tom Herman has those boys down there playing some hella hella good football, and uh, they were just fun to watch. Um, so that's my top four. You got Alabama, Florida State, Clemson, and Houston. But again, as I said, it is week one. So many things can happen. There's so many games uh, that teams have that Anybody can win. They're just toss-ups. They're 50-50s. So, again, it's way too early. But right now, if the season ended, those are my four teams in the playoff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now that we got all that out of the way for college, we can start looking at the pros, the guys who get paid to do this. Or they get paid and they're supposed to get paid. Um, Thursday night, the NFL season kicks off on 
NBC. You got the Carolina Panthers versus the Denver Broncos. Super Bowl rematch. First time that's happened, I think, maybe ever, or at least in the past 10 years. I'm not really sure. I know that's a pretty big difference, but I know it's one of those two. Um, Cam Newton and the Panthers looking for revenge on the Broncos. Uh, Broncos, a pretty different team. Uh, big, glaring difference. The quarterback situation. Um Peyton Manning retiring after the Super Bowl victory and kind of leaving the Broncos in a bit of a limbo type. Um, they went out, addressed the need in the draft with Paxton Lynch. Uh, team didn't think he was ready to start, so uh, they gave it to a quarterback competition between Mark Sanchez and uh, Trevor Simeon. Trevor who? Exactly. That's what I was thinking when I first heard his name. Um, he's quarterback from Northwestern. He's been in the uh, Broncos system for a while. Granted, there was a uh, coaching change last year. So he's been in this system a uh, year longer than uh, Paxton Lynch or Mark Sanchez. So I really think that helped him. Um, the Broncos, story of the Broncos, their defense. Um I just think the Broncos need a good game manager, a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy like Alex Smith. Um, I don't know if Trevor Simeon can be that guy. Um, I think he definitely could have been that guy a lot more than Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez has been shown to be turnover prone, and you just can't have that if you're a game manager. So the big question, I think, for this game is uh, how does Trevor Simeon fare against the Panthers' defense? The Panthers' defense was the best or at least one of the top five defensive in this, defenses in the league last year. Um, the really only big uh, departure, Josh Norman. Um, Josh Norman, to me, was a bit more of a... Uh, system cornerback he pl- he claimed to be the best cornerback in the league and you see one of those guys a new one every year and if you really look at it they're good because their system is good and their defense is good and mo- more than likely the defense and the players good because there's good coaches and Ron Rivera is a hell of a coach hell of a defensive coach and uh Norman I think he kind of piggybacked on all that um but Enough about him. Guys that are actually going to be playing. Luke Keekley, um, a fellow Xavierian brother. Throw up the X's. Um, just one of the best, if not the best, linebackers in the league year in and year out. Always hustles the ball. Um, always plays the echo of the whistle. Um, really looking forward to seeing him play. And then uh, the Panthers offense. That's another big question mark that uh, last year – they didn't really have that many receivers because uh, Calvin Benjamin got hurt towards ACL. He's coming back. Um, this will be his first game back since last year, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, establish him back being the number one receiver when all these other guys last year, like Ted Ginn, Corey Brown, Devin, uh, Devin Funches, uh, really stepped up. Um, granted, I don't think they were always uh, Cam's number one target last year. I think Greg Olson was that guy last year. But uh, Calvin Benjamin coming back um, definitely takes some receptions away from those guys. But I really think it helps a lot of people too because uh, Benjamin catches a lot of balls, uh, a lot of touchdowns and whatnot. And uh, I think he's going to draw a lot of focus from the safeties and the cornerbacks. So all these other, other guys are going to uh, really just be able to get open and uh, catch more underneath balls and things like that. So um, if I'm really looking forward to the game. Um, I'm probably going to go with the Panthers on this one, get a little revenge for Super Bowl 50, and that's about it.
Alright, boys and girls, that's it. We got through all the topics I wanted to talk about. Um, but, as I said, this podcast was shorter. But next podcast, the one I'll be releasing Friday, it's going to be a doozy. It's going to have a lot of information, a lot of topics on that. Um, going to look look ahead to week two of the college football season and then going to review um, the Thursday night game between the Broncos and the Panthers. And then... Praise the Lord, we got football on Sundays. I'm going to give you some pick for those games, and then going to give you some van- some fantasy advice for those. Um, I appreciate all the feedback and the support I got from people that listened to the first episode. If you haven't listened to the first episode, uh, it's on SoundCloud. Uh, it's on my Twitter. Um, I'll be tweeting this link out as well. Um, you already know that because you're listening to it, but... Uh, I really appreciated all the support and feedback and people that really just showed a general interest in it. Um, In the next week, I'm going to be trying to go to Amazon or Best Buy or something like that to get a microphone so any background noise or any static or anything like that is droned out. But uh, again, I appreciate the support. Um, I do it. I do this just because I want to and being told by people that it sounded good or they liked what I had to say or things like that. It's good to hear. It's nice to hear nice things about yourself. So I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the second episode of Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls. I'll be seeing you Friday, folks. Thanks again.